This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Let me just look at a picture of this. It looks so good. All these hungry hearts, ready for more of God, wanting to be better Christians, wanting to serve Jesus. Well, I'll tell you, this, this is a good place to be this morning. If you're the pastor, it's a very good place to be because you get to feed all these hungry sheep. Uh, you know, I want, I want to tag something on what Mrs. Pastor said. Uh, this is something that some of you need to hear. I heard Gloria Copeland, Kenneth Copeland say this 40 years ago, and I think about it all the time now. Anything you compromise to keep, you'll lose. As Christians, you don't have to go back to sinning with the sinners to win the sinners. You need to live righteous in front of the sinners if you want to win the sinners. Amen. Amen. You 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 go around to all the places that your family does things, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, unless God tells you not to sometimes. But when you do, you can be around the drinkers and not drink. You can be you can be around the people that are into the dirty, nasty stuff and not do the dirty, nasty stuff. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so you can be around the people. How can you win the lost if you're never around the lost? But if you live like the lost, you'll be lost again. And so the thing is, we as Christians, I've seen the mistake so many times, they're good, holy, righteous Christian people that thought, well, I have to do what they do so they'll see that you can be a Christian and still have fun. No, that's not fun to go back to that life. It's fun to stay out of that life. There's no greater joy than to see your family, your friends come to Christ. Amen? Anyway, I just want to say that to you again. I'm taking on what Mrs. Pastor said. If you have, if you have loved ones, especially children, your children, grown children, etc., aren't serving God yet, keep living right in front of them. Don't go back down to that level. Bring them up to your level. You never win by going down. You always win by bringing them up. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand. That was free. Amen. You need to hear that. You need to know that. Does anybody need a sermon outline today? If you do, hold up your hand. If you didn't get a sermon outline, hold up your hand. The ushers stick one in there. And uh, where, where's Melinda at? Melinda? She's our bookstore manager, coffee uh, bar and all that kind of stuff. There, but she's really brought our bookstore up. We've been getting lots of new books in, lots of new titles Lots of new things. I want to show you three things that I saw in the bookstore this morning. Got a lot more new ones, but these really jumped off at me. And I know when we were, uh, when Mrs. Pastor ever started off our Christian faith and raised our kids, we learned out of a lot of books like these and some of these uh, titles. See, this is called Prayers That Avail Much for Parents. Prayers That Avail Much for Parents. And we have, we have a lot of Prayers That Avail Much books and things from years and years ago that we learned how to pray the Word over our family, over us. How many know that in raising children, number one, you're the one that God's called to do it, not them to raise you. And so you have to be able to do it because if you're too strict, then you run away from God. And if you're too loose, then they're not going to serve God anyway. You, there's a middle of the road, and you need to have to be a parent in those things there. Now this one here is called Scripture Confessions for Moms. How many moms do we have here? Well, we got a half a dozen ladies here that's had babies. How many moms do we have here? 
Amen. Do you know, do you know that no matter how old you get, you're still a mom? Well, there's scripture confessions for moms and you become grandmas. They'll work for you too. You need to learn how to, as Mrs. Pastor said, you don't, you don't want to be keep saying what you have. You want to start saying what the Bible says you're supposed to have. You confess the word, then they'll start lining up with the word of God. And then this one here is scripture confesses for victorious living, for victorious living. And that's what we always teach in this church here. I'm called of God to equip God's people for victorious Christian living, to equip families. That's what we're going to do today. These books here, uh, she's got a whole section of these in the mini book rack that are very, very, very excellent things that will help you to be a better Christian and live in victory. I'll tell you what, as we uh, prepared for the lesson this morning, as we worship God, I was thinking about the world we live in. And, uh, you know... I'm a pastor from the heart. I just don't go by what I got written down. I was thinking about my life. When I, when I was born into this earth, Harry Truman was president. And probably a lot of you don't even know who Harry Truman was. He, Harry Truman was a really good Democratic president. He was a Democrat. He was a president. And he was a really good man. And then the one after him was Dwight D. Eisenhower. He was a famous general from World War II. He was a good Republican president. Back when I was growing up, People didn't fight politics. We had patriots in political office. In other words, whatever their political party was, they had America first. They might have been a Democrat, might have been a Republican, but that wasn't what they was faithful to. They was faithful to being patriots and having America's best interest at heart. And I was thinking about the times we live in. We have so much hatred, animosity and things out of the political world, out of society, but it's carried into the church too much. And we as Christians are called to be light to the dark world. We're supposed to be changing things out there and not get hung up on politics and all the social battles going on. And how many here follow our Bible study we do on the Internet every month? A lot of you do that. Well, you know, we've been to the book of Revelation. And I'll tell you what, when you read the book of Revelation, I was thinking about what I saw there. And I learn things every time I read the Bible. None of this is the sermon. I'm just talking right now because I'm the pastor. It's my time to talk. I'm thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I don't know any nice way to say it except talk Bible. Well, when I read the book of Revelation, there's going to come a point in time when God's going to destroy the current earth we have. Man, there's going to be everything in the climate, in the natural world, in the animal kingdom, in the plant kingdom, everything it's going to be destroyed. It says God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. God's going to totally remake what we got. And so there's nobody, I don't think, that wants to take care of the planet more than Christians. Because we know God created the whole thing. Man, we want clean air. We want clean water. We want to take care of animals and things like that. But the world has it perverted. They want to protect everything except babies. And Christians. And everything else that's right in God's eyes. And so we as Christians need to get caught up in the Word of God more than we do these political, social things going on. We need to be more, to, we need to be more concerned about, is that child that I brought in this world born again and going to go to heaven? We need to be more concerned about, are my old parents that are going to die someday, are they born again and going to go to heaven? We need to be more concerned about, is this person working beside me every day, like Mrs. Pastor talked about, there's some people that are good people, the good moral people, but not born again. We need to be more concerned about 
are the people in my realm of influence right with God are going to go to heaven than we are wanting to fight all these causes. Amen. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting that we haven't got the Word of God. Amen. We as Christians cannot be sucked into the hatred all around us right now. God is love. And we need to love people. But love, love speaks truth. And so with this conversation going on, we need to believe God for boldness from Him that when people around us and our families and on our jobs want to get confrontational about the things going on that don't matter about anything, and we need to be able to stop and just smile and say, you know what, all those things you talk about are really going on, but where are you going to spend eternity? All those things are really going on, but you've got that sick child in your family, and the one that I know will heal your child. And with all these things going on, you may have made a million dollars, and you're going through a horrible divorce. How much that million are you going to keep? How much that law are you going to get? I know the one that can restore that home. We need to be able, as Christians, start bringing heaven down to earth into people's lives and helping them. Amen. That's what God wants. And everything I preach and everything I teach is doing everything I know that God's taught me the last 40 years of my Christian life. The things He's taught me, I'm supposed to teach others. I want to teach you how to live a victorious Christian life. And I want to show you how to share that life with others from the Word of God. And so, I always say, bring your Bible, bring your notebook, bring something to write on, take notes. And back back when I got saved, they just went from eight-track tapes to cassette tapes. And so I bought cassette tapes back then for a dollar tape every time I could to learn off of tapes. And these books that we sell back here at these inflated prices, they're not our fault. That's just what they are. The books we sell back here that you'll give $10 for, I used to give a dollar for. But, you know, I used to give a dollar for a Happy Meal if they had it too, but they don't do that anymore. For 50 cents. But I'm saying things have went up, but the thing is, buy the materials and get them. And uh, the thing about the tapes, you can get it for free now. Just go to the internet, hdwc.org. Just look that up on our bulletins, on our everything we got's got it all there. Just go on there, push sermons. And you can get this stuff for free. I said that to say this. When you hear things that you really like that spoke to you, I know that me, when I'm taking notes in a service, sometimes I'll be writing on one real long because I like it. And then somebody will tell me, oh, wow, did you hear what she said? Did you hear what he said? I said, I didn't hear him say that at all. Well, that's because I got sidelined writing something else. I miss it. So I'll go back and listen to it online. I'll hear it say, wow, that was really good. I wish I'd have caught that. And why am I saying all this? I want you to be positive influencers for Jesus to your family and to your friends. And I want you to stay saved. You know, there's too many backsliders. There's too many lukewarmers. There's too many people get it and then forgot what they got and they leave it. But I want you to stay saved. I want you to grow strong because we can change this nasty world around us. We can't change the whole world, but every one of us has a little circle of influence. If we change one person in our circle and they get it, then they'll spread to their circle and they'll take it out of there. That's how this whole thing works. It's contagious. Amen. We want to be contagious for Jesus, don't we? Amen. All right. And so uh, John 10, 10b in the Amplified Bible, I want to I want to read this to you, is where we're going to kind of start off at today. Did we get that on the screen, David? Good. John 10, 10b, 
In John 10.10, Jesus said to King James that the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. And I like the Amplified Bible on this. says this in part B. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so are you living life in fullness of joy? Are you living life in fullness of joy? And so to live life in abundance to the full till it overflows, that's the will of God for every one of us. Jesus wants us to go to heaven when we die. But he also wants us to enjoy heaven's blessings while here on earth. You know, I want to speak to you from the heart of Jesus today. We can have fullness of joy without having fullness of sin. We don't have to be perverted to enjoy life. We don't have to get high to enjoy life. We don't have to, we don't have to be political nuts to enjoy life. We don't have to be sports nuts to enjoy life. We can enjoy sports. We can be involved with politics. We can have family parties, family reunions. We can go to company get-togethers. We can do all kinds of things and enjoy life without having to be sinful. You know, sin's not a popular thing to talk about in a lot of churches today, but God distinguishes between sin and righteousness. And Jesus said, I want you to enjoy life. I'll tell you what, I enjoy life. Every time I go to a birthday party like I did last night for a couple of my grandsons, and see my little grandsons serving Jesus, loving Jesus, not being sick all the time, not being fitful all the time, and not being goofy all the time, but getting to be kids without having to be the kind of parents that are religious uh, Nazis. Amen. To enjoy life. I think it's so great when you have a birthday party for little kids, and three-year-old Sam does the opening prayer. And then Isaac wants to talk about Jesus, give him the glory for his new cowboy boots. And then he gets a pair of work boots and says, I was praying for those. I wanted work boots, but my mom couldn't find them. And Grandma had to find an extra pair. And so she threw that in with the cowboy boots to give him. So he got his prayer answered. And that's, I get joy out of seeing my grandkids blessed. I don't get joy out of seeing my kids raised like I was raised in a family where there's always boozing and gambling and carrying on and nobody liked anybody. And everybody talked about everybody that wasn't there. And then if you was there, you got to join the talk about the ones that wasn't there. Then the next time, finally you come to a point in time, you realize, wait a minute. When I'm not here, they're doing what I'm doing now. So one day you wake up and think, man, I'm going to quit this kind of life. There's no fun in that getting talked about all the time, being mean all the time. I enjoy life when today I'm getting to baptize my grandson and baptize these other people who gave their hearts to Jesus. I enjoy life without having to be sucked up and being drunk all the time and smoking all the time. And I'll tell you, I think about, oh, nobody shall stop it. I think about California. How weird is this? They take cigarettes out of all the places that 
people want to smoke cigarettes, that's because their sinners like to smoke cigarettes, but marijuana is legal, you smoke it anywhere. Isn't marijuana cigarettes? How's marijuana healthy for your lungs and cigarettes isn't? And what this, what I'm talking about is this. We as Christians are living in a godless society and we're supposed to help change things. We need to get people born again. People that aren't born again don't think right. And people that are born again and don't know the Bible, they still don't think right. And so that's why we want to look at the Bible to have ourselves not only be born again in our hearts, but get our minds renewed to the Word of God so our hearts and our minds line up with God. And then when we get lined up with God and put action to it, then all of a sudden we're having an enjoyed life. It abundance to the full till it overflows. I can't, I can't wait to get my grandkids back over. I bought a new checkerboard a couple weeks ago. Somebody said, what's a checkerboard? Well, when I was a kid, back when President Eisenhower was in, we played checkers. And I brought that back into this generation that my grandkids like to play checkers now. And so I went online to Amazon Prime. I've learned about that. And I bought a really, really, really good old wooden checkerboard. and gave a lot of money for it with the old kind of checkers that really stacked good. And what are you talking about, Pastor? Where's this come from? I'm having a joy in life. We don't have to sit there with these things in our hands all the time when they're over there. And the grandkids say, we come out to the country to visit Grandpa and Grandma at their nice place. Well, what would you do? I played video games, man. I got 15 extra points or how many points they get or whatever they do. When my grandkids come out, I want to enjoy life where we know each other. Amen. That's what I want to do. And one more thing I'm throwing out there. Me and Mrs. Pastor are going to start doing. Maybe you guys do this. We've been taking pictures of the goofy phones for the last 10 years. And we don't have any picture albums now. They're on phone somewhere. I told her, what are we going to do when we're 80 years old? We can't sit around and look at pictures because we took thousands of them, but they're on phone somewhere. We're going to start developing our pictures so we can have something to look back on and get some of these memories back. Amen. i tell you what. We as people, we've got to start learning what's really important in life. And when you get old, it's not going to be that you had the, the latest iPhone 17 or whatever iPhones they do. Let's go look at these pictures and say, wow, look at that. Look what he looked like. Wow, he's that big now. Look at her, how she's grown. Look at those kind of things. There's more to life than all this goofy modern technology. We want to use it, but I think it's thieving from you. Well, I'll get back to the lesson, Pastor. <laughs> no, Jesus wants us to enjoy our life and we need to stop and find out how to enjoy it. So that's what we're going to do today. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians 5, verse 8. Amen. I'll tell you what, these temporary things that are thrills and frills right now are going to pass away. But our families are still going to be here. Our kids, our grandkids. These things are going to be here. We need to learn how to make the most out of what we've got now. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says this. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. And so what he's saying here is this. Before you were born again, you were living in spiritual darkness. How many recognize your life's changed since you become born again? Things are different. Not just on the inside, but you see things different. You have different desires. You think different. There's things that bother you now didn't used to bother you. 
and, and there's things that don't bother you now, that uh, etc. And so things change on the inside. So now as a born-again child of God, we're to live as children of light. We need to bring to the outside actions what's the word change. We've been changed on the inside, and we need to start living different, seeing different. So we're going to learn today how to do that. In the Bible, light always refers to God and living right and being a transparent person. Amen. You're a spirit being. You possess a soul. That's your mind, will, emotions. And you live in a physical body. One of these days, one of these days, unless the rapture comes first, your old body's going to lay down and die. And when it does... Uh, they used to used to walk up and look at a casket of the body, but now usually they got a little flower pot and a pitcher or something. But it used to be a body, and I, th- I thought funerals were so much better back then because you really had closure when you saw that body laying there. But when somebody dies and you bury them six weeks later and you got a flower pot and pitchers, that's not the same thing. But anyway, the whole thing is your physical body's not the real you. This is just what you live in. Because there's going to be a time called the resurrection when God brings the body out of the grave or out of the pot. If he made it the first time out of dust and dirt, then he can make it out of ashes because he says he's going to bring them back together. There's going to come a point in time your spirit gets reunited with your body. But until that point in time, your spirit will stay the same whether you're on the earth in a body or whether you're in heaven, your spirit's your spirit. And so your spirit has a voice. The voice of your spirit is your conscience. Your conscience is your spirit talking. Your soul, your mind has a voice that's called reasoning, trying to figure things out. That's how your soul communicates it, reasons things out. And your body has a voice that's called your physical senses. That's what you see, what you taste, what you touch, what you smell, what you feel. That's your body talking. But the most dominant voice should be your spirit. Christians need to listen to their conscience. People that aren't born again, that don't have light in them, their conscience will allow them to fornicate, to lie, to get high, to hurt people, have hatred and malice and all those kind of things because they don't have the spirit of God. So their conscience says everything's okay. But as a born-again Christian, your conscience always wants to do what's right because the Holy Spirit in your spirit always wants to lead you in the ways of righteousness to say no to sin, no to hatred, no to lying, to cheating, to stealing, all those kind of things. Your conscience, if you listen to it, always wants to lead you the right direction. And that's what it means when he says start living as children of light. Start obeying your conscience. Darkness... In the Bible, always always, always refers to Satan and sin and the dark side of life. You think about this. In the natural world, when do the critters, the bugs, and the thugs come out mostly in the darkness? Because they operate in darkness where you can't see them, so they do the dirty things. But when the light comes on, then the good guys come back out. When the light comes on, that all the things come out, of, like think about where we live out way out in the middle of the desert out there, all the snakes and all the other stuff out there. They're not out there in the daytime. They're there, but they hide. Well, in the light is where Christians are supposed to live. We're supposed to be transparent. We should never, ever, ever, in dealing with the situation, 
have to try to remember. Well, what did I tell them last time? If you always tell the truth, 20 years from now, what you did then and told the truth ought to still be the truth now. Truth never has to figure out. Now, wait a minute. What did I tell this and what did I do? Truth is light. And when you're walking in the light, you're walking in truth. When you're walking in truth, you're walking in the light. When you're walking in the light, you're walking in God. You're walking in God, you're walking blessed. Amen. Amen. So we're supposed to live as children of light. And so we need to start learning more about how to live as children of light. That's what we're going to talk about. And so uh, when, when you're not born again, you really don't know what to do. You might, but you don't know how to do it. And so as born again Christians, as we learn to know what to do, then we start doing it. I want to show you how to step into that, that kind of living because you're going to learn, you're going to live a life worth living. When you start living right before God, not just be born again, but then transform that into action. Go to 1st John chapter 1. 1st John chapter 1. And, you know, I want to say something that the Lord told me a few years ago. That's really helped me. Or I judge myself by. Seems like God always be, always tells me things in sets of three for some reason. And it says they usually give me three things. Jesus told me. He said when he looks at believers, he said he looks at three things: your heart, your words, and your actions. Your heart, your words, and your actions. And when your heart, your words, and your actions all agree with God's word that you're going to really be blessed. You can have a right heart, but talk stupid, and you're not going to be blessed. You can have a right heart, and you can watch the words out of your mouth all the time, but if you don't start acting in life, what you're saying, what you're believing, you're not going to be blessed. He looks at, he looks at us, and James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, and here is only deceiving your own selves. So things we're looking at today, we're getting more to the conscious, the heart part, and the action part. Because we need to start acting like we believe. Amen. I'll tell you what, it changes what you do. I think about me and Mrs. Pastor on our TV watching the movies, the things we do. It's been so long since so we've been able to go to a movie at any of the places. Because tell you what, if it's beyond G, PG is what used to be R. You know, if if I don't want adultery being committed in my house, why should I bring it in on my TV screen? I think I, it, it's it's so it messes up your spirit so much with everything you turn on. The first thing you do is say somebody's not married, climbing in the bed together, or everybody's wanting to outdo the other, and, and I love you more. Man, why do you have to have competition? Tell somebody you love them. I love you more. Oh, better watch out about that one, man. You get that stuff off of watching the wrong stuff. We need to be Christians that are just able to say, I love you too. Not try to outdo you. We love each other. Hey, about doing better preaching than you are shouting. First John 1 4 says, and these things write we unto you, that your joy may be what? Full. That your joy may be full. God wants us to live out of our hearts 
And you know, Pastor Dave's taught a lot the last few years about the difference between joy and happiness. Galatians 5.22 says that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. That's in our spiritual heart. Happiness has to do with your surroundings and your current circumstances. Well, when we learn to live out of joy in our heart, it'll make no difference if we're broke or if we got a big surplus. Because when we have the joy of the Lord, the surplus will show up. But if your happiness is based upon, did you win the lottery? Then everybody's ever won the lottery I've read, ever read about was broke within a short time and they're depressed again. Because their happiness controlled their life. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so he's saying right here in verse 4, he said, I'm getting ready to tell you some things. I write these things so your joy can be full. Because when your joy is full, your faith's going to work. When your joy is full, you're going to have maximum influence. I remember back when I was a truck driver, believe it or not, I drove trucks for 28 years. That was in that last life. <laughs> but anyway, I remember one time I was this truck fellow truck driver guy from another company. He was sitting down there talking. And man, this guy was a sourpuss. I wasn't a Christian, but I went to the Baptist church when I was a boy, so I knew about Christian stuff. And I got born again for a while when I was young. So I, I knew something about God, but I hadn't lived for it for years. I remember this guy looked like he going to trip over his bottom lip. He had so lack of emotion. And we're side all of a sudden the guy looks up to me and says, You need to get saved. And, you know, just out of the blue, I was just, you know, no joy. And I thought, what did he say? I said, what did you say? So you need to get saved. Well, I knew what saved was because I'd been saved when I was a boy. And all I, all, I, all I could think, this guy had such lack of joy. All I thought was, man, if i got to be like you, I don't want to get saved. But then I get to meet some of the fanatics who really love Jesus, and they make me want something. People's got joy. People enjoy. You know, you know what I'm saying? So God says he wants us as Christians to enjoy our life. Man, if you hate life and you go to church because it's a duty, nobody's going to want to go to your church. They don't want what you have. Because I knew even back then as a sinner, I'd go to the Sunshine Inn and have some temporary uh, social life at the Sunshine Inn. That was, a, that was a tavern I used to go to with the guys, a little family tavern. What a, what a nasty place, but it was just a tavern. I'm going to drink a few beers and be happier than that guy was. I knew where to go get a little happiness, but I didn't know about joy. But you get around Christians that enjoy life, whether they're broke, whether they got money, whether they want a better job, whether they're kids and, and things aren't going right in the family, they got joy because they serve Jesus and have eternal life. Then guess what? The kids are going to come around. Jobs are going to change. Things are going to get better. But while they're going through life down this road, whether it's uphill or down here, hill or straight across, they're smiling because they got something on the inside. And so that's what God said right here. Stop writing you some things right here so you'll have fullness of joy. That's what Jesus said. He wants us to have fullness of joy. And so anyway, uh, that's what we want on earth. Verse 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declared to you, John the Apostle, as an old guy wrote this, said, God is light. Well, he said, we're supposed to walk in the light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This makes total spiritual sense to me. 
Darkness speaks of sin and wrongdoing. And says there's no darkness in God. How many here have God living in you? And you're living for God. And so we're supposed to, we're supposed to walk in that light then. And so we are children of light because our spiritual father is the God of light. Amen. I'm here to equip you for victorious Christian living. You know, I think about, if I don't get through all the notes today, forgive me, okay? Because I got, got so much written down here. But I just want to tell you this. We are not who we used to be. We are different on the inside. You know, people that are just religious people and not born again Christian people always want to tell you that don't do this and don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. Well, until you're born again, you don't have the ability to say no to the don'ts. When you get born again, a greater sense in you that hits in the world. Jesus said, if you ask anything in his name, he'll do it. At the name of Jesus, every knee's got to bow and every tongue's got to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So when God's getting ready to tell us some things here so our joy can be full, it's not just head things, it's heart things. We have Jesus inside of us can help us say no to wrongdoing and say yes to doing right. And when we do wrong, can show us what is due to straighten up and make it right. And that's what we're looking at because we're talking about how to enjoy life to the fullest and, you know, I, I learned this about God a long time ago. He'll never tell us something in the Bible He wants us to do it we could have if He doesn't show us how to do it and have it. Yeah. Amen. God not only tells us through Jesus, He wants us to have fullness of joy, but He's telling us how to have it. But I'll tell you what, before I was a Christian, I knew what depressions were. Talk about being depressed in life and wanting to commit suicide and all that dumb stuff. I knew what those things were. But I didn't know anything to do about it. All I knew to do was what my unsaved parents taught me to do. Let's all just get together. Whether somebody died, somebody had a, had a wedding, or somebody was sick, it was always the same thing, man. We'll get a couple cases of beer. We'll get some booze. We'll all sit around and do the stupid stuff. Nobody got helped. Everybody talked about, oh, poor old so-and-so, poor old so-and-so, poor old so-and-so. And all I did is went back, woke up, man, to go back to work on Monday, man. Here come depression again, waiting on Friday. Since I've been a Christian, I've learned what the Bible says. I've put into action. I don't know what depression is now. Amen. Amen. You mean, you ever had bad things happen in your life? Well, did you read John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy? Well, until we go to heaven, we're still dealing with the thief. But I've learned that he's under my feet. I've learned I can bind him. I've learned to have angels around me. I've learned the Holy Spirit in me shows me how to go through things. I've learned I've got authority over all the power of the enemy. I've learned those things. Amen. And, and he's given me the, the fruit of the Spirit called long-suffering. Sometimes I have to suffer long through some things because it takes a while sometimes for things to change. But I've learned this. I can laugh my way through it with joy. I've got the fruit of the Spirit called joy. I can laugh. I can sing. In the shower, but not publicly. <laughs> Don't want to blow the anointing. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying, I've learned, I've learned that Jesus said He wants me to have fullness of joy. I've learned that joy gives me strength. I've learned that joy helps me stick with it till I get the victory. And that's what we're looking at in the Word of God today, how you can enjoy life without getting high. Amen.
Now, you can enjoy life without having sex with somebody you're not married to. Somebody said, Pastor, why do you keep talking about that? Because it's so prevalent in the church today. We need to change things if we want God's blessing on our life. If we want our kids to have a better life, we need to live a better life. We want our grandkids to have a better life. We need to show them something better. Amen? Amen, amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. All right. Now, I want you to look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, how many have fellowship with Jesus? Amen. When we pray, when we study the Word of God, we're fellowship with Jesus. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. And so what he's saying this is this. If we want to have real fellowship with our Father, we must always choose to walk away from spiritual darkness. And what that means is this. We know the difference between right and wrong in any area of life. God knows. God knows what you know. Never violate your conscience. And when you obey your conscience, when you know in your heart something's right and you do it, You've said no to sin. You've said no to darkness. You've said yes to Jesus. Amen. Every one of us, every day, in decisions, in relationships, in conversations, every one of us, every day knows we ought to keep our mouth shut and not say it. See, sometimes in conversations, it's not wrong to say something, but it's wrong to say it then. Some conversations we're having, we may know some facts, but it's none of our business to share the facts with the person we're talking to. And in our hearts, we know, I've got a right to say this, but it's not right to say it. We're talking about walking in light and not in darkness. Do you know... That if God told you every bad thing you did this past week, it would probably blow you away. You know what? God knows you can't handle it. He's going to talk to you where you are. And if we're going to walk in light, we ought to know the people in our lives that we love, if they can handle it or not right now. You know, there's a saying and there's a praying. Sometimes you have to go more praying than you do saying Amen. Well, we're talking about living in fullness of joy. Verse 7 now. This is what this whole message day revolves around. When I was spending time with the Lord this past week, I was thinking about this verse here, and I realized that this congregation, the body of Christ, needs to know that verse 7 is in the Bible. 1 John 1, 7. I love this verse. But if we walk in the light, is that what Ephesians 5, 8 says? Live as children of light, walk in the light. So he's telling us right now, this message, so our joy can be full. He says, walk in the light, as he's in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And this next part here is one of the most powerful spiritual truths I think there is for Christians. When we walk in the light, as he's in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ just sends us, cleanses us from all sin. What does this mean? Walk in the light and that blood cleanses us from all sin. If you do what you know to do, 
If you do what you know to do, God will not judge you for you don't know what to do. He says, you walk in the light you have, you do what you know to do, and what you don't know yet, God's not going to hold you guilty for. He said, that blood is going to cleanse that sin from you. And listen, because God is just, you can't con God. When I was in Bible school back in 1983, I remember I had a, a Bible a Bible teacher named Charles Neiman. I'll never forget it. He did prayer class. And he made a statement as a young Christian. It totally shocked me. I thought, I never heard that before. But now that I've been born again all these years living for Jesus, I know exactly what he meant. He said, you can't con God. Do you know you can talk to your mate and try to deceive them? And you can fool them, con them. You know, you can talk to your boss and con your boss. You can talk to somebody you're doing business with and con them. Because people don't know how much you know or what you know. But you know that God knows everything you know. He knows what you don't know. So he says right here, if you walk in the light, he said, if you do what you know to do, God knows what you know. Something you're doing is a lie. God knows when you know something you're doing is cheating. And you know, there's things in your life you may be, you may be cutting corners on right now, but God knows you don't know it yet. Amen. There may, there may be things on your job you're doing, lies you're telling that you don't realize right now you're lying. You don't really know it. You think you're doing right. And God says, if you walk in the light, He says, what you don't know about yet, he'll cleanse that from you. We're talking about conscience right now. And so what I know, what I've learned, as a matter of fact, I had to put it into practice last night. Uh, My wife and I were heading back from the birthday party. And uh, me and my wife were talking and Mr. Stupid showed up. Who's that? The old guy showed up. And said something stupid out of this mouth. Didn't really mean to be stupid. But then when my wife got her feelings hurt over it, I realized, wow, that sure didn't come out right. And so then we went down the road for quite a while having silence in the car. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about, I'm going to be preaching tomorrow about walking to the light. And I'm thinking, I want to be anointed. And I'm thinking, First Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, your husband dwelt him according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel. Be the heirs together, the grace of life, that our prayers be not hindered. So I'm going down the road, and my conscience is talking to me. And all I'm thinking is, well, she can talk first. But I knew she wasn't going to talk first. And I know I'm going to be preaching tomorrow about walking in the light. And it says, give honor to the wife. And all I'm thinking is, well, I didn't really mean that to come out that way. I know it came out that way. I don't know how she's got her feelings hurt. And I'm going to tell other people to walk in the light. So I better change this. So I humbly, sincerely apologized. And I asked for forgiveness. Amen. I could have chosen to let that old guy stay in the car. And then I got up here this morning, I wouldn't have had any anointing. 
the blessing wouldn't have been here. And so I'm telling you, God knows what's in your heart. You need to transform things into actions. When you know something's right, you got to do it. When you know something's wrong, you got to change it. It says, God said, if you walk in the light. I want to say this again. Every Christian in this church is at a different level with God. Some of us, some of us don't know that white lies, which is not in the Bible, that white lies are just as serious as big lies. Amen. Some of us have to learn that watching it on TV is just as bad as watching it in real life. Some of us know that some of those four-letter words that everybody in our family uses all the time are wrong for Christians to use. Amen. The thing is, God knows where you are. At every time you sit in a service like this, every time you listen to a sermon online or read a faith book or your Bible, and all of a sudden you see something you didn't see before, guess what? You got by with that yesterday, but that was history. This is today. You don't get by with it today because God knows you know now. Is this helping anybody? Amen. He said, these things he said unto you, for what reason? For your joy to be full. And Jesus said he wants you to enjoy life. And so anyway, uh, God will wash away sin that you're ignorant of with the blood of Jesus. If you're ignorant of it, I mean, if you're really ignorant of it, God will wash it away. And let me tell you something else too then. That's why it's wrong for you to wag your religious finger and your long tongue at some fellow Christian. What you know, they may not know yet. So all you're doing is throwing judgment condemnation on them. They don't know what you're talking about. You just hurt them because they don't have a clue what you're talking about. But then at the same time, at the same time, you may be doing things that they're not doing because they know about it, but you don't know it yet. And so that's why we as Christians have got to learn to go the extra mile. We've got to learn, unless somebody's in imminent danger for something they're doing, and you know from God you're supposed to warn them, you need to learn how to pray more. Amen. Quit throwing the stone. What did Jesus say about the stone throwing? He said, he that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And so we as Christians have to know we're not God. And because we're not God, we don't know what this person that's been again for 10 years doesn't know yet. They don't know it yet. But then somebody else may have got that their first year. But we're all growing all the time. We're learning all the time. We're seeing things all the time. And we have to know, if we want fullness of joy, we walk in the light we have. Amen. We do what we know to do. Amen. And so, how do you live in the light? I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. And as a Bible teacher, I like to show you the Word of God, how things work in the spiritual arena. Uh you know, I think about that show a long time ago. Remember the Wizard of Oz show? We don't go for wizards because wizards aren't of God, but that was that was kind of a cute kids type movie. 
Well, you remember that everybody thought they knew what was going on, and then they saw the man behind the curtain? Well, see, that's what I want to do. I want to take us into the realm of the Spirit to see how things really work, what God sees. I want to go back back into the it, 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 into heaven, if you will, in the Spirit, through the Word of God, to show you how things work. Because we're talking about light, we're talking about darkness, we're talking about what God sees about conscience and everything. And this is going to explain to you the inner workings of the spiritual realm, how it works. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, says this, The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The Spirit of man is a candle. What's a candle? It's light. Your spirit is God's light, searching all the inward parts of the belly. You, your born-again spirit is God's candle. When you ask Jesus to your heart, your spirit changed from darkness to light. God is the Father of light. You are children of light. And the Bible talks about children of darkness, children of light. And so your spirit is where God communicates with you. You turn from darkness to light because you were born again spiritually from spiritual death to spiritual life. When you were born again, your spirit changed. Your spirit is God's candle. God has to go through your mind. That's why your mind needs to be renewed continually with the Word of God so your mind won't block out what God wants to say to your heart. I want you to look at Psalms chapter 18, verse 28. I'm looking at a few different verses here, but it's things I've learned over my Christian life that's helped me to understand things spiritually so I can obey God better. So I can change more to be like he wants me to be. So I can live a long, fruitful life. Be an influence to my children as they're older. To my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, the congregation God's assigned me to, and to everybody else. I want God to use me fully. I want God to be able to trust me more and more. I want God to be able for his anointing to flow through me. When I talk to a church full of people like today, that everybody here has the feeling they leave here. He was talking right to me. How did he know that? Well, he was talking to me. That's what I was thinking. Well, I was just praying about that this week. Well, that's because my spirit is God's candle. Your spirit's God's candle. And with the Father of lights that created us, with the Father of lights that sent Jesus to die for us, with the Father of lights influenced men to write these words of the Bible, they come off the Bible, they ought to light up your life. They ought to do something to change you. That's why I want you to see how this works. So Psalms 18, verse 28, says this, For thou will light my candle. Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. God wants his spirit and his word to bring light into your spirit. God shines his light inside your spirit when you invite Jesus into your heart. Remember that song that, uh, that was that Boone, Debbie Boone sang years ago, You Light Up My Life? That was off these verses because Debbie Boone was a born-again Christian and she is singing to Jesus behind lit up her life. And that's our song. Jesus lit up our life, but it wasn't our head, it wasn't our flesh, it was our heart. And so we learn to walk as children of light. Now look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119. How many love Psalms 119? 
Amen. That's the longest, that's the longest, uh, chapter in the Bible. I'll tell you, I study it every once in a while and I do it. Take, take, takes a while to get through it. Not in one day. Psalms 119 verse 105 says this. Thy word is a lamp or a light unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. And so if you are teachable, God's word will light your path to keep you from taking wrong steps in life. He will use his word to tell you where to say no to and wrong decisions, how to say no to wrong decisions and yes to right ones. I know that where I live, we live out in the middle of Newberry Springs and everybody here lives in the desert. Well, how many know there's one thing in the desert we don't want to step on in the dark called snakes? Because a lot of these snakes here aren't friendly snakes. And there's another thing that I met when I first came to California called scorpion. Got stung twice by Mr. Scorpion. Oh, don't ever want that to happen again. And there's a lot of other things out here called black widows. And lots of other things. And so I know when I go out of the dark where I live at, I want to shine light down. Matter of fact, I've been installing sensor lights around my place out there to where I go walk as a place the big light comes on in the dark so I can see. Why is that? Because in the dark, I don't want to get bit. I don't want to get stung. I don't even want to step on those goofy little round cocklebur things. What are they called out here? Goat heads. Oh, man, those things hurt. I like to watch what I'm walking on, so I want light to see. Well, what he's saying right here, how many know that the whole world is full of darkness? There's traps in life. There's snares in life. There's people that want to trick you. There's people that want to rob you. There's people that want to cheat you. Even when you go to apply for a job. I know that I've, I've went for jobs before. I remember back years ago when truck driving was rough in Indiana. I had three offers all of a sudden. And I needed to know which one it was was the right job for me. They all looked good, but only one was God's best because God's got a perfect will. And so I wanted light to shine in my spirit to know where to go, what to do. There's relationships sometimes that you get into, especially if you're a single person and you want to get married someday, get the wrong relationships. Well, God said, I'll light your path. He said, I'll help you see what step to take. Bible says the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. And so because this dark world, God says through his word, his word will light your path so you don't make bad steps. And how many know you don't have fullness of joy when you make wrong decisions? That's when depression comes. That's when you have to get up and praise by faith every day because you're on a wrong road. So I'm going to get back on the right road again. Well, he says that the Lord will light your candle with his word. He'll show you where to go, what to do. I know that for myself over all the years as a Christian, what I've learned works the best for me, what i got major decisions to make, i got to have my journal out. i got to have my prayer closet. I've got to have my Bible open. I've got to pray. And I don't know about you, but God always talks to me through the Word of God. There will be verses I see when I'm praying and studying about decisions that all of a sudden I'll know this is the way the Lord walked you in it. I know this is what God has for me. Why is that? I want you to see how these spiritual things work. God is light. We are children of light. 
The Word of God brings light. When we're walking in the light of the Word of God, we're walking in God and God's walking in us and we're seeing what to do and we're going to make a whole lot less mistakes. Let, let me tell you one thing. I've, you know, the world's got a definition and I really think it's a good one. It says that the definition of a fool is keep doing the same thing and think you'll get different results. And so, you know, I think about Christians. You know, I just, I sure am glad that my, my middle name's Pastor Nice. Because I'm so nice. I speak the truth in love. Facebook never died for your sins. James 1.5 doesn't say, if anybody lacks wisdom, let it go on Facebook. Uh, how many can tell me about this here? Hit me up. God said, I'm your father. Call on me. He said, I'll answer before you even ask. Why are Christians so stupid? I'll tell you why. There's no resistance on Facebook. There's resistance in the realm of the spirit when you want to talk to Jesus. You know, I like what Dr. Barclay said years ago. We have to realize that this spiritual darkness there's enemies of the spirit called demons. The devil will give you no resistance about where you go to get your hair cut. He'll give you no resistance about the car you're going to drive. He'll give you no resistance about the grocery store you're going to shop at. You know where your resistance comes from? Sunday morning when it's time to go to church. When you get in the right church where you got a pastor that will challenge you with the word of God, then resistance comes. Well, I don't like this. I don't like that. Well, did you see so-and-so set in my seat today? I always sit in that seat. Well, you know, I came through the door. They didn't even shake my hand today. Well, you know this? I saw them this week down the store. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Yeah, yeah, Sister Holy Christian of that church. She teaches Sunday school, but see how she's treating her kids in the store? I'll never go to that church again. How about some of these jerks, these cashiers, the people that treat their kids? You go back and buy groceries again? <laughs> How about these goofy neighbors? The way they drive, the way they cuss, the way, the way they carry on. You can move out of your house and go back to my house again. Why is it you let the devil deceive you with that darkness out there about your spiritual life to steal from you? I say it again, I'm no better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand if you get anything out of this. Amen. He said he's going to, he said he's going to light your path. And so, uh, you've got to, you've got, you've got to choose that you want life. Uh, look at Psalms 119 verse 130. We're probably going to be closing this up pretty soon. We'll have to give you your answers later for some of these things, probably. But look at verse 130. It says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. God's word gives light. When God gives you revelation knowledge, don't try to figure it out. I want to say that again. When God's word gives you revelation knowledge, don't try to figure it out. There's basically two kinds of knowledge on the earth. 
I'll, I'll wait till I get your attention again. Basically, two kinds of knowledge on the earth. There's revelation knowledge. That's light from the Word comes into your spirit, and there's head knowledge. You go to school to get head knowledge. You read books to get head knowledge. But the head can never figure out the Word of God. You know, I think about John chapter 3. Jesus talked about born again Nicodemus. Well, he said, Nicodemus, a man can't go to heaven unless he's born again. And so Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was a teacher of the Jewish religion. Says Nicodemus said, how could a man get back in his mother's womb? He tried to figure it out of his head. Jesus said, you must be born again. And then when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? They tried to figure it out. And then Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Said, you're the living son of God. And then Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. That's called light. Light came into his heart. His head said, I don't care. His heart said, that's right. And so, that's what we're talking about here. God's Word comes into your heart, and then your head has to be shut off. You have to know in your heart. The pastor said, you must be born again. In your heart, you know, I must be born again. Then your head has to shut up and say, well, wait a minute, I can't do that. Say, no, head, shut up. I will get right with God. It's only through Jesus. pastor teaches love and forgiveness. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Your heart says that's right. That's called revelation knowledge. God gave light to your heart. Uh, pastor teaches the Word of God says, they that still must still no more, but rather work to give. They all of a sudden you think, wait a minute, I've got to quit taking those things from work. I've got to quit taking those things off so and so that I've been taking those things all these years. I've got to quit doing that. Light came. When light came, you had to quit stealing. The little white lies you've been telling all these years, all of a sudden you realize, light came. I can't tell that lie anymore. I've got to start telling the truth. All those different things like that. So that's what I'm saying right here as I close out this verse. Well, look at this again. Interest thy words giveth light. He gives understanding unto the simple. You've got to make the quality decision. If I sit in God's word, that that's what I'm going to do. I sit in God's word. That's how I'm going to live. I choose to stay simple-minded when it comes to the light of God's Word. Amen. How about you? How many want to stay simple-minded? We're just going to say in the name of Jesus. We love the education our heads have, but we're not going to let education of the head snuff out the light of God's in our spirit. Amen. We're going to live by the Word of God in our hearts. And we're not going to let the blessing of God be stolen from us because our heads tell us no. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.